Welcome to Spark, Careers in Agribusiness, where we meet the most accomplished leaders in agribusiness today. Learn how each of the women and men featured has built leadership into their life's work and what advice they have for young people just beginning their careers. Your host for Spark is Sarah Stever, President at Paulson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Spark. Today, we're actually recording in person, and we're here at the Paulson Podcasting Studio, and we are going to be talking to Holly Behrens. She is the new Agribusiness Division Manager for the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce, and we're welcoming Holly to her new role and to colder weather than she is used to because she is from Houston. So, Holly, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Good, good. We are glad to have you here in studio, uh, which is kind of unusual for us. So, let's start out by having you share with our audience kind of what you are anticipating your new role might be about or what what a good day is like for you in your new role. As you just mentioned, I have been the agribusiness division manager for the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce for two months and 20 days now. Um, The role that I have allows me an avenue to promote agriculture through events that provide a higher visibility for the ag community. And also we are able to do programs to enrich the economic stability of rural society and those associated with uh, agribusinesses. Examples of some of these events would be the annual Sioux Empire Farm Show, which takes place at the end of January. That's really where my head is right now. That's a big draw in this area, that event. A huge draw. Being from Texas, I have never actually attended the Sioux Empire Farm Show, but I just have a feeling it's going to be the best one yet, right? Absolutely. (laughs) 2018, here we come. Um, Along with the Sioux Empire Farm Show is also uh, one of our big events that we focus on is the Ag Appreciation Day that is in conjunction with the Sioux Empire Fair. It's on the Wednesday of the fair every year. So that's something that I actually was able to attend this year as just an observer. And uh, we had just moved in to our home in South Dakota and I made it out to the fair a few times and it was great. But um, all activities and functions of the division serve as opportunities for further agricultural education and communications between the city and the ag community as well. So um, I'm loving what I'm doing here. Our audience knows how important that is. Yes, definitely. And I would just say on Ag Appreciation Day, we always send a team of people from Paulson to help feed our farmers. That is so much fun. Oh, good. Just get to chat them up in the line when you're putting pork on their their plates or pickles or something. It's just really a great time. It was an awesome event to attend and watch, and everyone's just enjoying um, being there. It actually rained that morning this year, so... Um, we we were setting up in the rain, and then I actually saw it as a blessing because that meant that the farmers couldn't be out in the field, and they had to come yep. and yep. have um, them some pork. And um, it was it was really a great day. Yeah, um, they, I know they love that event. We're proud to be part of it too. It's well, a great event. Good. Um, going back to your question, I know you asked what a good day for me is. I've had several awesome days. Every day is a good day, but I guess an ideal day um, for me is not in the office. (laughs) Although the office work has to be done and preparations have to be made. um, I love being in the community and meeting and getting to know um, all of the community face-to-face. So I'm really happy to be in here with you today and getting to put a face to a name. And um, 
just some examples of what we've been able to do in, in my short time being here is um, National Farmer Appreciation Day, which is October 12th of every year, and I'm sure you know that, being here at Paulson, but um, it was really neat to see uh, the Chamber and the Ag Division and the Issues Management Committee all join together and listen to a presentation um, from South Dakota Secretary of Agriculture, Mike Jaspers, mm -hmm. and just kind of getting to know where um, the ag sector is and how it directly reflects um, the state economy and um, how things are looking for 2018 and um, where all markets are right now and the effects of that on not just the ag industry but um, the state as a whole. So it's for me, seeing urban society come and listen to something of such importance that we think about every day because it's it's a way of life. I always say that if you if you eat a meal and you wear clothes, then agriculture is important to you. But not everyone looks at it that way. <laughs> so um, things like that um, that the chamber is doing uh, and the ag division is doing to make sure that um, people understand the importance of agriculture. It's it's what I live for. <laughs> well, you make a really good point. And I think because we're farmers are so good at what they do, it's stuff that we can take for granted. Right. You know, we just completely take for granted that we right. have safe and healthy food supply, lots of clothes to wear, fuel. You know, mm -hmm. it's just, yeah. We're I, good at it. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I love a good meal. And for me, I always, you know, I thank God before I eat the food, but then while I'm eating it, if it's awesome, then, you know, I think about that whenever I'm yeah. eating and I love to eat. Whenever you can make that a point across to someone who doesn't think about it as often and the light bulb, you can see the light bulb kind of go off, that is is truly where my passion is. I, I love getting that point across. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Very good. Let's talk a little bit about your early life and kind of how that prepared you for where you ended up here in crazy <laughs> South Dakota, because I think that must be an awesome story. <laughs> well, it's it's been a roller coaster of fun. I'll say that. Um, I have to definitely um, credit a lot of who I am and where I am today from my early experiences with 4-H and FFA growing up and uh, my parents who allowed me those opportunities and experiences and also growing up on a small cow-calf operation in um, actually two hours south of Houston. Um, I grew up in Olivia, Texas, um, but growing up with us always having agriculture as the center of our lives along with having that passion throughout the whole family, it, it definitely um, kind of set a foundation for what was yet to come. So after my awesome childhood, <laughs> um, I went on and was recruited by Texas A&M University to be a member of their collegiate livestock judging team. And I credit that back to 4-H. Um, I was in 4-H for 10 years and um, through showing cattle and hogs and also being um, a member of our 4-H livestock judging team, um, it you know, it allowed me that opportunity. So um, I did go to Texas A&M and um, I was on the 2013 Texas A&M Livestock Judging Team. Later, I graduated with my bachelor's in science and animal science from Texas A&M University and um, went on to Oklahoma State University where I received my master's in international agriculture with a focus in agricultural communications. And all of that set me up for what was yet to come. I always tell people, never blink because college goes by way fast. Yeah. 
and probably your master's even faster. Yes. It was actually a little shorter than it should have been too. I applied and accepted a position in Houston, Texas in October, and then I graduated in December. So I did a few months of a long commute through technology. Thank you, Lord, for technology. Um, Skype and email, and I completed my degree from Houston, actually. Um, so I have to also thank my professors for letting me yeah, do that. Yeah, accommodating you. Yes. That's great. That's it was great. Um, it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up as well. I'll talk a lot about opportunities today because I would not be where I am today without all of the opportunities. So um, I applied for the auctions coordinator position for the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And wow, for me, that's a huge show, isn't it? Yes, it, yeah. it is the largest livestock show in the world. And um, in conjunction with the rodeo, um, it's not the largest rodeo in the world, but it's very well known. And um, it's a blast. It's a 20 day um, event. For me, it was such a dream having that opportunity and accepting the job. Um, I was a scholarship recipient from Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. I thank them a lot for um, allowing me to do all of that college that I just talked about. Um, and it, it kind of came to full circle once I was there. I, I was able to work with a lot of the generous donors um, of those scholarships in my time there through the auctions coordinator position. and. Um, it is a large show and event, and it is growing. And um, I I loved it there. Houston was maybe not the city for me, and clearly that's why I'm here <laughs> now. Um, and I am I am loving the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce position that I am in. It's the same type of position on a different scale. It's awesome. There's so much opportunity here in South Dakota. Um, everyone sees agriculture so differently than Houston. And um, that's something that I loved being in Houston was um, promoting and being an advocate of agriculture when you know you would talk to a grown adult who was super philanthropic and would give um, money here and there for a tax write-off, but wasn't really ultimately seeing the true value of giving to an exhibitor who has raised a market steer and the, the background of it. So being in that position, I was able to um, kind of shine a light on the whole experience. And I don't know if I got across to many, but um, <laughs> at least I tried. <laughs> um, it was it was a great platform for now what I would say um, a dream job for me here in Sioux Falls. Well, excellent. So you're coming from a very, very urban area and you've grown up in obviously a very small community. So, yes. so back to a slightly smaller Yes, area, I, I love guess, it. Relative to, <laughs> I love sure. it. I, I mean, I could go on and on about the, the more negative experiences that I had in my time in Houston. Just the fast pace and the hustle and bustle, and never just sitting down to appreciate it. I love the pace here. <laughs> good, good, good. Tell us where you think your role is going to go. And this is kind of not necessarily a question I was planning to ask you, but I was just thinking about because you're pretty new in, in your role and you're coming into a new area. And where do you anticipate that this will lead you? I see so much opportunity in my very short time here. And, and a lot of the opportunity was brought up in the interview process to me. Um, there seems to be um, a lack of ag education in, in the Sioux Falls School District. So that's something that um, 
myself, along with many volunteers, are very passionate about. And um, there have already been steps to maybe implement a, some type of curriculum into um, some of the schools. But I, I can't, I'm not going to go on more about that. That's that's a dream of mine okay, is um, to definitely to get definitely get the importance of it across. Yep. And um, and at least people are wanting to listen. So that's exciting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and then furthermore, I, I really see a lot of other opportunity. I mentioned two large events that go on in, in a year-to-year basis. But I, I see much more opportunity um, in appreciating and um, being that support system for the ag community. So well, we never know. We never know what's going to happen. I, I am very excited for the support that I have received in my little shy of three months being here. Um, and I see a lot of growth in the farm show as well. Coming from the Houston Livestock Show, I was able to take a lot of that experience and a lot of the structure and um, bring those ideas here. And and the volunteers and chamber members are, are so excited about what is yet to come. So. Um, don't look out too much for change in 2018, but 2019, it's coming. You talked a lot about your early life and kind of the education process that you went through. I'm just curious if, it, if there were any surprises along the way. The 18-year-old me would tell you that I was going to be a large animal veterinarian. I um, started my career path, I thought, at Texas A&M, and I was a pre-vet major animal science with a science option and after in my opinion going through way too many of the pre-vet courses <laughs> decided that whenever I see passion or um, a vision start to dim or fade a little um, I know something's not right and I saw that in myself and my motivation wasn't there in my courses and that just wasn't me so um, I knew what it was I loved people too much and I wanted to be um, an advocate and a promoter of the industry you know and I look back sometimes I'm like do I regret not continuing on with um, you know what my dream was at that time and, and I have no regrets so my junior year at A&M I decided that um, I was gonna change my major <laughs> and I changed to animal science with an industry and production focus so a surprise that would be a surprise for me at the time and um, a real surprise came my senior year at A&M when I had to play catch up. Oh, <laughs> I, I wanted to still graduate on time and um, I did it and thank you Lord that I still had a good enough GPA to get into <laughs> Oklahoma State and um, and I'm so blessed with how it all worked out. It, it was a fun ride and um, I'm really, really glad that I listened to my gut on that. Yeah, it's great that you <laughs> were self-aware enough to understand yeah. that things weren't going the way you were because the further you'd gone down that path, of course, the more difficult and expensive it would have been to right. figure out what you really wanted to do. Definitely. Good. Good. So glad I decided then. Yeah. <laughs> more school? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, mean, I could go back to school. You never know. <laughs> yeah. How many credit hours did you end up taking on that last year to, to kind of catch up? Oh, that's a hard question because I feel like it's been so long ago. Um, a lot, I will say that. Um, being that it still was animal science, it, it wasn't as bad as it would have been. Um, I had already taken all my sciences that were required for animal science production. So that I didn't have to worry about. But it was, I had already planned on being at A&M. 
for a longer amount of time. So I thought I would be able to do all of these classes. And whenever I decided that I wanted to further my education with a master's degree, hopefully from Oklahoma State, if I got accepted, um, then I really just had to get a move on with all of those classes. But to be honest, after those, those awful science classes, the biomeds and the organic chemistries, and the other ones were kind of a breeze. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's really good for our audience to think about, because I think a lot of times you come through high school and you have friends who know exactly what they want to do, and they have a really clear path, and then you have, you know, you may not feel that way yourself. You may feel like, oh, how, where do, how do I even start? So it's great to know that you can actually change horses midstream and have it work out okay. Definitely, and I would encourage anyone listening who's having any kind of doubt to reevaluate because I actually also, I was an intern for four years for the Natural Resource Conservation Service through USDA, NRCS, and before thinking, I, at first I applied and it was a great summer internship every year and I started when I was a junior in high school, so it was a great opportunity it was at least a summer job yep. <laughs> um, and I thought I really thought I was gonna go that Avenue for a little while and um, ending that internship with them was a very hard thing for me to do because I had made such great connections and they thought that I would continue on in school and then come back to the organization and that was a really hard really hard position for me I guess you could say that was a surprise too <laughs> but I'm super glad I didn't go that route um, I love what they do. They have so many programs that help farmers and ranchers tend to their land and make sure that it's being done correctly and what's best, what's going to be best for the environment. And I completely support them and I'm such a fan. Um, it just wasn't for me. So I was thinking what you had said about you, you kind of built up a network and these relationships and that as we know, and if you've listened to any of the other Spark podcasts, a lot of times that's some of the advice is like really work on your network. But sometimes that isn't a reason to stay in the, on a right. path that you don't feel good about either. Right, and especially at that age. Um, yeah. I was, I, was, I was young at that point, and if you're having that doubt, I mean, you have so much time to, to change ideas, to go into a completely different industry if you want. I mean, I, ag industry is where you need to be, but yeah, I completely support, like just reevaluate where you want to be, you know, always set goals. It's, it's great. <laughs> Were there any other p kind of pivotal events or people who really impacted you, your path? Yeah, well, both. I had pivotal events, and then I have always had a great support system that have been there for me. Um, I guess my pivotal event that I would say in my whole entire life would be going to Oklahoma State. I was, I'm a born and raised Texan, and I had I've traveled the nation throughout my livestock judging experiences and, you know, travel in general. But before, um, you know, going to Oklahoma State, I had never lived outside of Texas. And lo and behold, now I'm in South Dakota. <laughs> and, well, going to Oklahoma State was a great opportunity that I wanted to take advantage of, even though that was, it was, for me, that was a big step in my life. Then even furthermore, I did all of my research for my master's degree was done in Queensland, Australia. Oh, wow. So, wow. I know. So even, I mean, I lived there for three months and it was awesome. And for me in my lifetime, whenever it goes, whenever it comes to confidence or when it comes to, um, you know, just believing in myself after going to Australia by myself for a research 
project that was huge for me and and it was another opportunity i talk about opportunities all the time never pass them up so how did that come about how did that opportunity come to you so originally i wanted to be a part of the oklahoma state um, ag communications program their master's degree program but the international agriculture degree was very new to the school at the time and um, I really hit it off with their advisor um, at, at one of the career days that they had at Texas A&M. So I had already applied to Oklahoma State and I wanted to go that route. Well, then I ended up applying to that, <laughs> to that um, area and also. And um, I went that route with still a focus in communications, which is really what I was wanting. I was wanting to take a lot of knowledge from that and then be able to go out into the workforce and and um, really be able to be clear and concise with the importance of agriculture. That is my mission. Really happy I took advantage of the International Agriculture Program. Um, with that, you can receive scholarships to go abroad and many people don't really do the route I did. I was one of the first to um, really go and just learn about the culture. I wasn't going to, you know, help with a nonprofit or, or something along those lines. I try not to think of myself as selfish in that aspect, um, but I was. I wanted to know all about the ag industry in Australia and more specifically the beef industry. That's where my focus was lying. And, and every week I was with someone different and um, in the industry and it was phenomenal. One week I was able to, I had the opportunity of going out into the outback and uh, for a week with the Queensland Country Life newspaper, did a live blog throughout my time there. And because of my live blog, they paid my way. So um, it was perfect. And it, I just, I can't talk enough about how awesome the Aussies are and that experience was. And it's so neat to say that some of the friends and the networking that I did over there in Australia, not only does it reflect in who I am today, but I also made some lifelong friends. I have one of my friends from Australia. She's coming to my wedding. Oh, nice. <laughs> I know. Wow. Isn't that fun? And you can go back there anytime you want yes, now. You've got yes. friends. It's quite a haul, but yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that, I believe that whole experience was such a pivotal point for me. Um, but I wouldn't have been able to do that without my support system. You also asked um, who has kind of helped me get to who I am today. And um, I have to give another quick shout out to my parents and my sister, my family in general. Um, without the basic morals and the values that they instilled into me yeah. um, at an early age and the initial introduction to agriculture, I would have never had something to build upon. So um, secondly, this is a huge, huge one to me, is my phenomenal group of girlfriends. Um, who are now fellow agriculturally driven professionals. I think something that's so important for young women is to have young women. Having strong and motivated women in my life um, has made such a big difference. And they saw something in me that I hadn't seen, that I never saw until later on. Um, you know, the confidence, and they saw that I could do bigger things. Having women like that in your life is crucial, in my opinion. Yep. And yep. Um, that's something... I recommend to all young women listening is to find a group of passionate, motivated women who will drive you to do better.
you are who you surround yourself with. That's a saying. Um, so surround yourself with awesome. Yep. It's <laughs> true. Not? It's very true. Yep. yep. And then I have to say this too. In conjunction with having my awesome group of girls and my parents and my sister, um, for the past four years, I have had a man who I now call fiance in my life um, that is my biggest fan. I tell Evan, that's my fiance, about my day-to-day events and um, the nonchalant support and confidence that he has in me um, is just indescribable. I, I say nonchalant because he just has so much trust in me and what I do. And, and I think that's important. It doesn't have to be, you know, a fiance or man. It needs I also talked about my girlfriends. So um, having someone that is so completely confident in you, you need it. <laughs> you know? And how fortunate for you to have someone who's daily lead in your life yes. daily, in the daily way, yeah. just kind of reinforcing that. Because yes. it's like you've got these big support system people that you've had, and then you get your day-to-day yes. feedback from him. That's and, awesome. And we mutually share our passion for agriculture as well. He is a cattle buyer for Cargill. That's actually what brought me up here, is he, he took over the territory, uh, part of the South Dakota territory, oh. and all of North Dakota. I wondered if he had followed you or if he nope, had followed No, I was the follower. Oh. But this job that I... It wouldn't have happened so fast if it wasn't for this job. So I, I really thought we get married in April. I thought that I was going to stick around in Houston until April. And then I was going to find something, hopefully, that I would love up here. Um, we knew that we didn't want to raise a family in, in such a big urban city as, as Houston. So um, South Dakota was where it was going to be, but just we didn't know it was going to happen this fast. And I'm just so grateful that it did. It's been fun. It's so a, almost it three is months. a great place to raise a family. Yeah. You've, got, you've landed in a wonderful spot yeah. for that. It's exciting. <laughs> Good. So this made me talk a little bit about if you've had any obstacles in kind of in this path you've been on and how you overcame them. I call myself an optimistic person. Obstacles for me are a little different probably than someone who's not as optimistic. I can think of one time in my life that... Um, I thought I hit bottom. So that would probably be the biggest obstacle in my life. And it was in my time in Houston. I, I lived by myself in an apartment in Houston and had some really rough experiences um, living by myself. But one would be uh, my apartment getting broken into and um, just that feeling of violation. And, um, and I don't know if this is what you were looking for from an obstacle, but for me, um, it tested me as, as a person and um, also professionally. Um, at that point, I didn't know if I wanted to be in Houston anymore, and it made such an impact on me. I was struggling um, personally, which affected me professionally, and um, I would not have been able to overcome that if it wasn't for the networking that I had done and the strong relationships that I had built in Houston. Um, I lived with my boss for a week, and then the next week I lived with um, one of my good girlfriends that is still in Houston, and, um, and then the next week my parents came to Houston and they helped me move into a different apartment. And then I got two security systems, so I felt better. <laughs> yeah. I haven't experienced a lot of things like that in my lifetime, thankfully, um, but having people in your life that are going to be there for you no matter what, that's, I can't say it enough, relationships, that's your life. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, if you haven't gone through that type of an experience where you've had your property broken into, 
you have no idea how unsettling that is. Right. It really is disruptive to everything that you think is yes. safe and secure. And yes. So what a testimony to having that network <laughs> yes. you know, in place yes. to help you overcome that. That's, right. It is a great life lesson. Have you ever been a mentor to anyone or have you ever had a mentor that you thought, oh, this was a great relationship and I learned so much from it? I feel like a mentor can be described in so many ways. Just personally speaking, I feel like it can be um, someone that you just encounter once and you say one thing that's going to hit them and it's going to like really leave an impact. Um, or it can be someone that you meet with weekly and you chat about life and um, you mentor them and you help them get through what they're getting through and basically like a counselor or something along those lines. I do have a little sister, so um, I will say that I'm pretty sure she comes to me more than anyone else when it, when it comes to uh, problems and situations. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, um, my closest group of girlfriends, we are each other's mentors. And now that we, we are all, it's very neat, we are all in the ag industry and working and, and loving life. <laughs> and we're all so grateful for it. But we have tough times and it happens. You know, when you put on a farm show or if you're putting on helping put on Houston Livestock Show. The Houston Livestock Show is 20 days straight. You get drained. <laughs> you need someone that's going to be there. And then yeah. vice versa. I have one of my best girlfriends uh, runs the Livestock Show at the State Fair of Texas. I don't know. I look at a mentor as also just a support system. That's how I look at it. And so, yes, I will say, for instance, with her that I was just talking about, she'll call just a vent. And being that person there for someone, I believe, is a mentor. Um, you don't even have to say anything sometimes, but just being that listening ear. So yes, I would say that I have been a mentor in my lifetime. And um, what I learned from that is um, being dependable. You want to be someone that you would want to rely on. That's what I'm going to always try to be. I love the fact that you've got this great group of girlfriends that you brought and from college forward. Is that kind of when you all got together? Um, for the most part. And it, it all comes with um, putting yourself out there too. There's one of my girlfriends I keep talking about just being a part of a group together. We knew each other growing up our whole lives. We competed against each other in 4-H events and she lived on the other side of the state from me. Or I was in South Texas, she was in West Texas. But getting involved while we were at A&M through um, activities and being Aggie reps together, that's where we knew that we finally had something in common. We just thought we were always competitors against each other. Um, yes. I, I will call her. If it's not my mom I'm calling, it's her I'm calling. So um, you got to put yourself out there in order to make those awesome awesome connections as well. And I think we maybe think about networking being some something that's only business related, but man, college is absolutely, or even childhood friendships, that's where it all yes. begins, where you start building your network. Definitely. Yeah. My childhood friend, we were forced to be best friends. We, <laughs> we grew up a mile down the road from each other. Oh yeah. We Gotta were just be. forced to be from, but it's okay, because I like her. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, she was I awesome. I know. Right? <laughs> and you were awesome. <laughs> well, thanks. Okay, so let's ask our big question, which is, what is your best advice for our young audience, kind of as they're mapping out their own paths? Never, ever, 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 ever pass up an opportunity. I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for me getting a little bit out of my comfort zone, going to Australia, going to Oklahoma, um, being on the livestock judging team at A&M, 
that I mean, that can come with a lot of pressure. But um, I built so much confidence throughout all of those experiences. And the foundation started very young with um, just getting involved with, with 4-H and FFA activities. Also, passion is something that drives success. And I also see success being something different in everyone's eyes. Find what makes you happy and most passionate and just go for it. You could be an astronaut if, if that was something you wanted to be when you were three and you still love looking at the stars and, and you're 40. Go for it. Be an astronaut. So we're going to tell you that you have to be an astronaut in agriculture. Right. So, you're gonna, so plant on, something. On Mars, you're going to have to be. <laughs> plant something on a different planet. <laughs> when you're you're talking about those opportunities, and I'm just re reminded that you talked about starting out really young with 4-H and FFA, and if, if as a young person you're actually getting off your duff and getting out there and doing some things, just keep that momentum going and yes. those opportunities come, but they don't come when you don't move forward. I thought actually, whenever I was in high school, that I was tall enough to be a professional volleyball player at one point. <laughs> thought it was good enough too. So I actually gave up showing uh, my cattle at some of the major livestock shows to play volleyball year round. And my parents, you know, they were all about what, if I was gonna do something, I was gonna do it full hearted, then they would support me. So I was blessed to have parents like that. I mm. really can't say that enough, but um, you know, sometimes you have to just face reality though too. And I'm five foot five, not very athletic person, not fast. <laughs> I, um, but at the time- I loved volleyball. <laughs> yes, I loved volleyball. And remember, don't overdo it. Now looking back, I don't regret anything, but I was not being realistic with myself. <laughs> um, but I loved volleyball, and I had supportive parents, and, and I gave it my all. Um, that was really good advice that they gave you, too, is just put your whole yeah. heart into it if you're going to do it. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, you shouldn't regret that at all, because you learned that lesson, you know, what a great lesson to learn. In your sphere of influence now that you've kind of moved up here, and you, you there's some continuity in, in your in your role so mm -hmm. far. What are you most concerned about that you, you're seeing happen out there in your career? There are many barriers, as I've hit on a little bit throughout this interview. Um, there are barriers of communication, um, not getting enough factual information out about all of the great things that lies in the ag industry, and um, so much false information, which I, I hate to even yep. call it information because it's false. Yep. <laughs> um, it, it's everywhere. And although we have a lot to be thankful for in terms of technology and where that is allowing us to go in the industry, um, I also see technology as, as even more help with that barrier. And whenever I say help, I mean hurt towards us. Um, but I see as I said earlier, I am an optimistic person, and I also see that as being opportunity, but it, we have to all join together and, and be on the same page and clearly and concisely advocate the benefits and the positives of the best industry. Anyone from your farmers to your communications directors for, um, you know, nonprofits, nonprofit ag-related ag organizations. Mm -hmm. You have people in all fields. Everyone's working towards the same mission, ultimately. 
the same mission isn't always just clearly given to people who um, you know, are kind of anti-ag. It's just opportunity. I see it as opportunity. We'll get there one day. You're like at the very, very beginning of your career. So normally I would ask, you know, what would you like people to say about you when you've stepped aside? But how do you hope that your new employers are kind of perceiving you and your new coworkers? It is all so new and exciting for me um, right now. I never want that to fade in me. And I never want that to fade for anyone who works with me. So I want someone that works with me or, um, or sees me working. I want them to always say, wow, her enthusiasm and her passion is not only contagious, but she genuinely wants what is best for any side of the situation or topic. So what's a question that no one asks you, but you get this awesome answer for, and you're going to just lay it out here for our audience? Something that I wish people asked you more of is, what is it that motivates you? Why are you so like passionate? And instead of who, like what is it that motivates you? What is it? I don't really get asked that often. So, Well, my faith. My faith is definitely something that I could talk all day about, um, and that motivates me every day. I'm just so happy to be here and be doing something I love. Um, furthermore, I I like to think about my purpose, like why am I here? And so whenever I think about what is motivating me, it is, for instance, in my in this role right now. Um, right now, I'm maybe nose deep in um, preparations for the Sioux Empire Farm Show. And I'm super excited about it, very nervous because I don't want to miss anything that has been done in the past. Um, so working hard to make sure that happens. But, you know, in, in the depths of all of that, you can kind of lose focus on like, what is it that's motivating you to get this done? And, and, and I, I, I love to look at it that way. Um, what is motivating me to get the Sioux Empire Farm Show preparations done is all of the exhibitors that expect it, all of the scholarship recipients that want a scholarship from the Farm Show, all of um, the volunteers that look forward to this every year, um, and all of the people that are bringing in their livestock to promote their genetics, and, and this is their passion. So I am doing it for those people. I like to look for what um, my daily purpose is and what is motivating me. That is a great topic. <laughs> That's an awesome topic and a wonderful outlook because that, that all rolls up then to that kind of that overarching thing that you talked about, which is yes. agriculture as a whole. Yep, it all rolls up to the big picture. I might be kind of odd. I get um, small recharges week to week from the, like just a little type like a little sentence from something someone says, and I take that from them. So Holly, thank you so much for your time today and for coming and sharing your enthusiasm and your passion and your advice about taking those opportunities and really just stepping up and putting yourself out there. It's absolutely great advice for our audience, and I really, really appreciate having met you, and welcome to Sioux Falls. We're glad you're here. Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate this opportunity, and um, also, if there's any young individuals that wanted to reach out, I don't know if you share. Do you you share, bet. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. you share contact information, contact me. <laughs> That's Holly Barron. Yes. The Falls Area Chamber of Commerce. And come to the farm show. Yes. I'll January. see you there. <laughs> <laughs> good. Thank you, Holly. Thank you. That's Spark for today. 
Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in for the next episode. To learn more about Paulson, please visit paulson.ag. That's P-A-U-L-S-E-N dot A-G.